Sit back and relax because we've got some low tension games to talk about. Welcome to Tabletop Shop. Welcome back to the Tabletop Shop Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Clark, and seated across the world from me is your other co-host, Mr. Cody Pennington. Yeah. How's it going, man? How's it going, man? I asked you first. Good try. Ah, shoot. Okay. Things are going well. Things are going well. Things are going pretty well. Actually, I wanted wanted to start off by asking you something, something I've been thinking about for for a little while. Really? Which is... How, when, when you're making, like when you're kind of pondering over your, like your, your, your current top 100 games of all time, when you're kind of pondering over that, when you put a game in, when you rearrange your games, whatever, Hmm. how exactly do you do it? Do you do it based on simply how much you like the game or is there a factor of, but this game is really well designed, even if I don't like it so much. So it gets bumped up a little higher. Like you just have so much respect Hmm. for it, even if you don't. Even if it was just you were doing it based solely on enjoyment, it would be lower, possibly. No. But because you have so much respect for the design, you've bumped it up higher. D- do you do that or not? I, I find that my respect for a game's design is very close to how much I enjoy the game. I know that's a much more subjective than an objective <sighs> consideration of the game. But if, if I'm putting a game in my top 100, it is solely based on how much I like it. Even if I oh. think like, this, this is an interesting game, it's just not for me, uh, I'm, I'm going to put it down because it's my personal top 100. Okay, right. But I mean, like, okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, Spirit Island, I think is a phenomenal design. I think it's hmm. a really incredible. It's a very difficult, but very well put together game. It's, it's amazing. It's in like my 80s i think on my top 100 because okay. the times i've played it i've enjoyed it and i i mean i, I have enjoyed it somewhat but it, it hasn't been like if i never played that game again in my life i wouldn't i would not be remiss whatsoever however mm. on the other hand i do say well okay this game is a very very well designed game but my enjoyment is not really does not really reflect that i think Huh. Let, let me hit you up with a novel concept, Nate. Spirit Island for me is number 33. And that is because I enjoy 32 other games more than I enjoy Spirit Island. Okay, so you're saying that you don't you don't struggle you don't struggle with this with any games then. Because I because <laughs> no, I do no, I don't. If, if I was if I was factoring in my respect for a design, Spirit Island would be higher. Stronghold Second Edition would be higher than they actually are. But I don't. And so I had to actually, I had to go back through my top 100 and re-sort kind of the entire list because hmm. I was, I realized that I had been putting things higher than they kind of should have been. Interesting. So g- give, give me an example of a game that perhaps dropped the most dramatically for you when redoing this list. Um, I, I think that it probably actually might be Stronghold 2nd Edition because... Really? Well... I'm not 100% sure. Let me get my list up here. Um, yeah, 
because Stronghold's second edition was in my, my top 15, I think, and now it's at 38. Um, okay. Yeah. And I don't, there might be other examples, but that's just one where I was like, I need to be a little bit more honest about how I actually, like the actual enjoyment I get and separating mm -hmm. that from the respect I have for the design. I, and I respect that you have chosen that respect in that respect <laughs> all right well that is our that is our intro that's our that's our thinker for the people uh listening to this episode but yeah. let us let us hasten on cody to the games we've played this week do do you feel like based on what you've played this week you know what you've played i don't sure. based on what you've played do you think you should go first or i should go first um well let me hit you with this caveat i i because it's been much longer than a week yeah, since we last recorded. So yes. I, I've kept track of the games I've played since last time we spoke. Yeah. So I have a, a moderately sizable list. Is, is that the same for you? Um, not so much because I don't have, like, I don't have all of my games available to me. I, oh, sure. I'm, a, I'm in a different environment than normal. So no. Okay. Well, how about, how about you go first then? And then I'll okay. hit you up with my larger list. All right. Uh, well, for those of you who have listened to the past few episodes, uh, a few of these will be the same. Uh, so Dominion, for example, and this is specifically the digital version. Um, if you like Dominion, if you have never heard of Dominion, whatever, there's a digital version for free, and it's it's a deck builder card game, and it's a ton of fun and very easy to play digitally. And yeah, they've been you get like the base game with the with the app and then they just like once a week they let you use a different expansion for like local games hmm. um yeah, or like cool for like offline games and so because of this i've gotten to play a couple expansions that i've that i've never played before in fact i think i've i, I was keeping track and i've played i think there's like 15 expansions now or something like something like that and i've played all of them but two so i'm, I'm pretty proud wow. of that by this point most of those physically but quite a few of them i've only played on this app so yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty awesome okay, um sweet. played some more werewolf which is not a board game at all it's just a social deduction game but i still include it actually that was one thing where because werewolf is literally just like the entire physical components of the game are just a card that has a picture on it that tells you your identity and the rest is entirely interaction and so Actually, I took that off my top 100 because I was struggling so much with where, like, how to fit it in. Because I was kind of hovering in the 50s, but I was like, I like this, like, this game is so much fun. Like, especially with the group that's here, like, we just have so much fun playing it. Mm -hmm. But I just, and so, like, that part of me wants to, like, just put it way super up high on the list. But the other part, another part of me is like, but it's not even, it's, it's, it's more like a group activity. It's not even really a game. And so I just took it off. It's an honorable mention for my top yeah. 100. <laughs> it's it's kind of like D&D. &D. You're not going to find D&D or any RPG system on my top 100 because it's it's just different. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to compare. Yeah. Um, and then Cartographers is another one I've mentioned many times. Um, uh, it's a pretty recent flip and write, although there's a million recent flip and writes. But I think this one's pretty straightforward, but it's... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think it's pretty easy to get your hands on, and there's a ton of map pack expansions, so I'd recommend that. Um, mm -hmm. I think last episode, maybe two episodes ago, I talked about a milestone that I hit in Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah. And that was getting a military victory. Yeah. I have hit two milestones this week, two different Ooh, milestones this week. What you, you got, man? Do you think you... Well, I'll just... I was going to ask did if you, you think a, you can... Did you get a science victory? 
Yes, dude, I got a science victory. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> have you ever gotten a science victory? I don't think I have. I don't oh, know if I've seen one before. Dude, it's a glorious experience. So yeah. basically, in Seven Wonders Duel, you can win based off points, or you can have a sudden death based off military, or a very, very rare occasion of a sudden death off of science, because you have to collect seven different symbols, mm -hmm. which... For anyone who's played the game, it's 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 incredibly difficult to do because it's very it's a very easy plan for the other person to thwart, and it's a very easy plan to just not work out because of bad luck. Yeah. Um, and Anna and I have actually we had actually gotten to the point we played this game quite a bit where we weren't really even buying green cards; we were just using them to cash in for money. And mm -hmm. maybe if one of us felt like it, we might try to get a, like a, a pair for one of the abilities. But in general, we had both kind of felt like. After the, all the games we've played, we felt like there just wasn't that much of a reason to go for them as opposed to other things, and so we kind of mm -hmm. didn't. And so at the beginning of the game, I made the mental decision, like, I'm going to go for green cards. Like, I'm going all <laughs> in on this. Like, nice. I'm not worrying about points. I'm going to make highly stupid decisions, and I'm just going all in. Because you have to. You can't kind of halfway try to get a science victory. Exactly. Not, yeah. Then you'll definitely lose whether you, like, if the the game reaches its conclusion, naturally, you're definitely going to lose if you were trying to go for a science victory. Hmm. So Anna didn't pick up on that. That's kind of what I was doing. And by the time she did, <laughs> it was too late and it was kind of out of her control. And oh, I no. did it, man. And it was amazing. It was amazing. That's got to feel good. Yeah. Uh, and the other milestone was I got a new high score, which was 81, I think. Hmm. I think, yeah. So that, that was nice, too. First time in the 80s. Um, and then I have two two new games, man. Um, the first is a Vladimir Suchi game, actually. Um, mm -hmm. this is one that showed up on the dice, one of the dice tower top 100 lists. Uh, I don't remember whose it was, maybe Mike, but this is last will. Um, oh yeah. This is, do you know anything about this one? I do. I haven't played it, but it's on my list to get. Yeah. Um, I think you'd like it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tell you what I think about it here. Um, so basically the concept is that like well, thematically it's like your great uncle or something has died and mm -hmm. he spent his whole life making money but he didn't spend it so he wants to give it to you, his <laughs> descendants to like splurge and have fun. So the goal yeah. is kind of the opposite of most games. You like start with a bunch of money and you're just trying to blow it all as fast as you can. The first person to spend all their money wins. Um, and so there's a lot of it. It's mostly um, a card, a kind of a worker placement card drafting system. Mixed with, a f there's a few other worker placement spots that do other things, and then um, kind of just playing cards from your hand onto your tableau and then using them uh, for their different various actions that they do to let you spend money. Um, but there's a cool, so some of them are just like, you just play a card, it costs an action, you spend three money for whatever, mm -hmm. you know, a fancy carriage ride or something stupid like that. But there's much more interesting ones where like you can buy and sell property, and so you try and buy high, and then there's this kind of like uh, pay to upkeep, and so you can invest money into it, so you're spending money to keep it up. Or every round, you can not spend money to keep it up, and it depreciates in value, and then you try and sell low. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. That's kind of fun. <laughs> What's bizarre about that is it doesn't really fit the thematic or the, the theme. It's not like you're splurging. You're just you're doing bad business investments. Well, basically, the idea is that you you inherited every person in the game inherited a small sum of his large fortune and whoever blows that small sum first gets the the like the full fortune so you are just trying to blow money in any foolish way possible to beat the other people 
Hmm. So buying gotcha. high and selling low on a house is one way to blow money for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Um, so anyways, it's a fun, it's a fun game. Um, it's, it's a sudden death. If you, uh, if you go, if you get rid of all your money before seven rounds, if not, then you tally up and see who had the least amount of money after seven rounds. Mm. Um, okay. So yeah, it, it's pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I think though, like, I don't think it's a game I would buy because while there are a lot of cool cards and different things that interact with each other in the game, I feel like, I feel like this game has like five plays in it for me and I, and then I'd be kind of done with it. Um, and <laughs> sure. so I do want to play it again, but I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it would, it would lose its kind of attractiveness pretty quickly. Okay. So, all right. But it is a, it is a Suchi design. Uh, that's the same guy that did uh, Underwater Cities for those of you who oh, don't yeah. know. Um, it's not it, this game is not nearly as complex as that but it is it is still a, a pretty fun play for sure and it's a thinker and Anna destroyed me because she's much better at thinking ahead and I'm a bit more <laughs> impulsive so <laughs> tactics versus strategy uh, no I think it was just strategy and tactics versus Nate um, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. that's good um, and, and my last one was a, a game called conspiracy which uh, you probably aren't familiar with this is a Mm. game in the abyss universe it's kind of like abyss the even more card game yeah 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 um it comes in a super tiny little tin box uh like six inches by six inches maybe even smaller than that it's tiny um and it's it's basically it's basically abyss light it's it's very much like i was a little disappointed because I don't know. I, I had watched like Z Garcia's review on it, and he was like, he was pretty pumped about it. And he's a big Abyss fan, so am I. Oh yeah, I love Abyss. Um, and so I, I've actually, I almost bought it like last month. I found a used copy somewhere, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of worth the risk. But I just didn't do it. Um, and uh, we found it at the board game cafe, and so we played it. It was quick to play. We played it in like fifteen minutes. It was super short, but hmm. it's 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 basically just Abyss light, and that's really what it felt like. And that is not at all what what i want like i don't want the i don't want a shorter easier like specifically easier abyss experience i want the actual abyss experience so yeah for sure so those are those are my games man okay uh that's a pretty decent list i feel like you're kind of downplaying it uh, in advance but that that was just fine good well i was i was kind of downplaying it because like you know four of the six were games that have been mentioned for me the past Ah, few episodes okay (laughs) Okay, well, maybe I can shed some interesting stuff. I guess right, most of mine have been mentioned before, but got got some digital scythe plays in since last sure. week. Spake, I uh, got eleven plays. I always play against hard bots, and I won all eleven games. So you're welcome, Nate. In Dominion, what? No scythe. Oh, I thought you said. I think you said Dominion, dude. Have Did you, I? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get to Dominion. Sorry, I've, <laughs> d- I was digital like, that's pretty good. Plays, the hard, the playing. hard bots <laughs> in Dominion are down to a science. Like I rarely yeah, beat them. <laughs> no mechanical, no side. I've been playing. Okay, okay. Um, cave versus cave. Got some more of that action in there. Uh, Game does not else. disappoint. Yeah, Only eh, I've played it maybe three or four times now, and I, I enjoy it just as much. And I want to keep playing it. I need to play that, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited to teach it to you. Hadara got that purchased recently. Oh, finally got okay. it out and played it. Uh, I think it's a different edition than the one I got you, but as far as I can tell, everything is identical. Um, so I I don't know what the difference is. Like the like the box art is different. The box art is like the the division of the five. Yeah, colors. the five colors. Yeah, yeah. I think but the one you have like shows the weird Viking guy and the so Egyptian I, I, lady. I'm pretty like, sure. Oh. 
I'm pretty sure mine's the second edition. Mine's a newer edition, but like the actual hmm. components look pretty much the same. You're saying? I I can't I can't discern a difference from what I remember playing with you. Yeah, interesting. So and I don't know what that's uh, all about. That sounds like they really just hated the original box art, but they thought the game was perfect. <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> the original box cover is much better. Is the thing. I agree, honestly. Like it's just like the 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 more current edition just has like these cartoony like uh, Sid Meier Civilization video gamey characters on them. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see, Lord of the Rings deck builder got that played. Ares Lord Expedition deck builder. Who who owns? Do, oh, do you still have that? No, no, I I, I don't. But I, I taught it to the Morgan, some other friends we play games with, and uh, he. No, Sam, he found it for like $20 online. It was like sealed copy, which is insane. Like that is. getting it for 20 bucks. You're lucky to find it for like under 60 or 70 online. Do, do you, because you hate that game. Do you regret teaching it to them? <laughs> no, no, because I, I don't mind still pulling it out. That's the thing. That That's the magic of the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring deck builder game is you're always kind of excited to play it and then you always regret it. Uh, I would disagree. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's nice. I don't care to talk about it. So let's let's move on. <laughs> Ares Expedition. Uh, I j- just moved, moved new house, as you know, yeah, christened baby. it with Brass Birmingham, which is fitting since it just recently hit number one. Ah, um, man. Old BGG. Well, I feel how, like... How do, you, how do you feel about that? I feel like by the time this episode comes out, that's that's old news. It's already old news by the time, like For right sure. now. But uh, yeah, good point. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a little, I'm a bit surprised. I didn't think a game like I didn't think one of the other games that were close. And this might sound dumb, but I didn't think one of the other like games that was right below Gloomhaven was going to actually creep up on it eventually and overpass it. I kind of thought those games were all pretty much set in stone. And I thought if mm. if Gloomhaven was going to get toppled, it was going to be by some new game that would come in and just blow the doors off the community you know yeah. like arc nova almost did arc nova shot up to four and I, I don't know where it is now it dropped back down but yeah good <laughs> <Good riddance>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that was weird though i feel i feel like this podcast is gonna get pretty long if we start talking about that so maybe, yeah. maybe we'll, leave, we'll leave that conversation for another day i got i did play hanamikoji i'm excited to teach that one to you huh, as okay well. I don't remember how much you know about that one or not. Uh, I know quite a bit. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I, I finally won. I played three games total. Kirsten won the first two and then we pulled it out after a couple of weeks of my own despair and then I won. <laughs> so I felt good about that. Sweet, sweet vindication. Oh yeah, man. Played Horrified American Monsters Edition. Oh, okay. Which uh, I want to say- This game is hot, man. Yeah. I, f- I feel like Z was a fan of it. Z or maybe it was Mike. One of, one of them non-Tom Vassal Dice Tower boys was was a big fan of it. And yeah, it was okay. It was just kind of standard cooperative, moving some dudes around the map, fighting the other dudes kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I really don't have much to say about it. That's it didn't, I guess, impress like me super much. What you did just say about it is why I have never sought it out, because to the best of my knowledge, that's all that game is, and that's not that mm-hmm. doesn't interest me. So yeah, the problem is that that style of game I just don't enjoy very much. So the game's probably fine, and I, and I enjoyed it just fine. And yeah, for like, people who enjoy that kind of game, it's like, oh, this is so cool. But for me, yeah, it's, like, it's not. 
Right. That's what I was going to say. For the people that, that like that genre, they probably love the game. And, the, and obviously they do, because like I said, the game, at least it was really hot. I don't know if it still is, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned Seven Wonders Duel and getting a milestone. I, I also got a milestone. I got my military victory. Nice. Uh, I think it was my first, first time. time. Nice. Yeah, but Nate, get this, get this, get this. No, get this. I'm getting I I'm got getting. it in the second age. That's pretty good. That's that's hey. pretty good. I I also went all in. We just pulled it out with Kirsten. Our apartment was kind of like all packed up because we were about to be moving soon. But we made sure to keep Seven Wonders Duel around because nice. it's small and light, easy to, to, to move around. Um, it was kind of late in the evening and we were just pulling out just to, to get a, a play in for the day. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to... I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm going to ignore ignore logic and I'm just going to go purely for a military victory. So the the the, the wonders that I chose, I made sure they gave you uh, military points. And then what was interesting about it is I really didn't even focus on like resources or anything. If if my goal was purely just to get those red cards, I I would kind of just flip any other card and get money yeah. for it. So I never really actually had to get resources. I would just pay for everything via coin yeah, yeah um and i i think kirsten was pretty tired because she also didn't realize that's what i was going for right. and i nab nab that that's, military victory that's that's why those both of those sudden deaths are so difficult because if the other person picks up on it soon enough like quick enough that that you're really going hard into it like with with even moderate like trying on their part they can stop you i feel mm-hmm. like that's unless 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 they get really unlucky because that can happen with the drafting but well, the thing about the military one too is it's it's not just that luck, but if you're going for it, you have a little bit of control because by moving the military track, you do hurt the other person by making them lose coin. So I would like wait for the right moment when Kirsten had coin to lose, and then I'd move it. And then the wonders that I chose, uh, two of them were the ones that would like make the other person lose a resource card, and so yeah. I kept waiting for her to like get a brown or a gray, and then I would build yeah. that wonder. So it, well, it, it like, kind of helped that way. I mean, I feel like I had some semblance of control in my science victory because in like in the last age, I had collected five of the symbols, but there were no more symbols out there for me to collect. And the way I got mm-hmm. the last two was by like the fifth one I collected. Um, somehow, I don't know, somehow I got a pair. And so I uh, like got the, um, the, the wild symbol from the ones that were up at the top. Oh, and then yeah, I also yeah. had the wonder that lets you go through the discard pile and take any card out. And so I got my oh, seventh symbol by using that one. So, yeah, that's that's a smart strategy. I really like that wonder. Yeah, it's it can a, be it can be utilized smart. really sneakily. If you can play it late, then you can get you know more valuable cards. Obviously, for sure. Um, and then finally, I played yeah Dominion with the digital app. I played. Let's see, one, two, three. Yeah, seventy nine games since last we talked. I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> I'll prove it to you. I'll send you a screenshot of my my tracking for the game. More like 0.79 games. 79 games, man. So if this is the truth, <laughs> is this is this because you like the game now or just because you can play a game in 10 minutes? The thing is, I still don't really like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's moving up at all on my top 100 list, but uh-huh. I just had access to it. Uh, the expansions were kind of fun to get to play yeah. with. And so I, I, I started watching a couple of YouTube videos because I just kept losing. 
and I just wanted to learn some good Dominion strategies. And I got those down. I, I feel like I, I moved up my win rate from like 2% up to maybe like 60% against the bots. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah, I, I could I could just take a screenshot of the Dominion app because it keeps track of how many games you've played. Uh-huh. And it's 79, homie. Wow. Like 79 since like total? No, like like since like since we played. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> like I don't think I've played a hundred games of it yet, but I'm maybe encroaching. All right. Well, this is wow. What is this like? We're already like half an hour into this. Band. I know. <laughs> dang it. Let's <laughs> let's move on to the game of the week, mate. Okay, of this. game of the week. All right, so so our game of the week this week is uh, I don't know. Would you say modern classic? Like this this one is this one is in the Hall of Fame for sure, right? No, for sure. I I would definitely call it a modern classic, and it's okay. going to be a classic for a long time. Well, I don't know what defines classic necessarily. Like if it's I think if it if it becomes sort of a household name or almost a benchmark for a game style or something like that, that I feel like you can safely call it a modern classic. Okay. All right. Well, I I would say that Scythe definitely fits that definition of classic, and so if that's the if that's the definition we're going with, then I agree. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. How do you feel about this modern classic, mate? Uh, well, I, I I'm gonna have to wear my heart on my sleeve. Is that the right? Yeah, sure. that's the I mean, right expression, right? Sounds um, painful, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I obviously adore this game. Um, this is for, well, for both of us, this is kind of the game that really got us into the hobby. And Mm -hmm. so just for that reason alone, it it has a special place in my heart. Um, but I, I mean, I won't go into too much detail yet, but ultimately the game is just the package deal. I mean, it delivers in every area and it does so in such satisfying ways. Mm -hmm. And it's, I know it's, it's not a game for everybody. And some people probably could find things to critique. And I have a couple minor things I, I might point out, but ultimately it's yeah, it's it's a very, very solid design. Yeah, well, I I I'm sure most of our audience knows plenty about the game, but maybe we should go over generally how it works just for for those folks who would like to know. Well, since you've probably paid what hundreds of games like hundreds and hundreds of games by this point why don't you do that bit (laughs) sure yes scythe is an action selection game where each player has an action board divided into four sections where on your turn you will select one of those sections and within each section is a top and a bottom and you can choose to do first the top action um well sorry you you can do either the top or bottom action or both but if you do both you have to do the top action and then the bottom action this is very um, important for people to know. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, what's what's <laughs> unique about it, though, yeah, this is kind of important, is each player, their player board is set up a little bit differently. Every player has the same eight total actions, but the they're set up in different combinations. There's yeah. The, the top row actions are always going to be the same four, and the bottom row actions are always going to be the same four, but those are split up differently. So not only do you need to know how to play the game in general for its neutral skills you have to know how to work with each of those player boards if you really want to get a good score and and do well such to the point that they're actually map 
combo restrictions to where if you're playing Rusvia, you can't play the, I think it's the industrial right, yeah. player mat. I, I forget which one it is. I, don't, I just, you, you play the digital version, so it just matches you up with the correct combo every time and it's fine. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, the base version of how you do stuff, but the stuff that you're doing is on a, it's a large hex grid board, but you don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I know that's kind of cliche and it can, yeah. uh, I mean, Catan, I feel like really the, set the, the thing standard is, for hexes, that. hexes, they just work so well, man. They, they do. It, it, I mean, obviously circles aren't going to work super well and squares are not a, not a very nice looking grid. So hexagons is kind of the best, the, the best of both worlds that you can get. Uh, but the, the theme is set in basically if Nikola Tesla designed mechs, and then that's what World War One was fought with. And then the world gets sort of obliterated with that. You play in the aftermath of it. You're playing a, a faction from somewhere in Europa who's trying to capitalize on the new technologies and try to make your name, make a name for yourself in this crazy world. And because of that, there's some really awesome like plastic miniatures of both these characters and then all these different mechs that you can play with. That's, there, there's so much that's incredible about the game. It, it's almost hard to describe, I guess, the gameplay in a way that really gives it justice because when you hear it, it's like, okay, yeah, so you're moving pieces around and you you have you take some actions on a player mat. Like that's kind of what it comes down to. But the aesthetics of the game really sell it and how well everything works together. I mean, there's there's combat you can play with, but the combat has a bidding system. Um so uh what what was it what was it based off what what was jamie inspired by kemet that's right where you have like these cards that you can wager up to a certain value but you don't know what a person's going to put down and so you know you can play a certain max points but maybe you think the other person isn't going to bid quite that high so maybe you'll try to spend less power but yeah it's it's genius this has been side (laughs) thanks for tuning in so Yeah. yeah um I'll, I'll I'll jump right into kind of what you're going at, which, um, or what you were going at before you started talking about combat. You mentioned the aesthetic. Uh, you could, I, I, we could talk about, I don't know, the art and everything. Um, but essentially, kind of the story with Scythe is that there was this guy who was already creating this kind of, this art based around this kind of era, this kind mm-hmm. of fictional era. And... Uh, they basically took the they took that art and used it for the game, and it's 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 phenomenal. It, it is set apart so much. It, it really I feel like in a way kind of set the standard for like what art and the kind of aesthetic appeal in board games could really attain. It was like whoa, this is this is so this is so, this is so it, it feels like such a grand scope, and the images are so they feel so real. And so just immersive and intense, and it's just—I mean—it's just amazing. Um, yeah. And so it's—it's it's interesting. It's like—it's like—it's like a, a movie director listened to a um, like some instrumental music that somebody made, and then he thought it was so incredible that he made a movie around it instead of the <laughs> other way around. You know, it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's that kind of a scenario where something that's maybe a lot of times a minor thing was so amazing from the beginning that they made a game like almost because of it, you know? So do you know what would be incredible, Nate, is a scythe movie. Like if <sighs> no. if you took if you took if Christopher Nolan got on board 
and he did some of his quality work in this universe. That'd be pretty dope. There's I, I, there's a few directors like Nolan, obviously, or Denis Villeneuve, who did Dune and Blade mm-hmm. Runner 2049. I could see him doing it. Um, there's a few directors that I would be okay doing it. But in general, I would say leave it untainted. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, sure. So. Uh, so also like the production value is, is also amazing. It's a Stonemire game also kind of sets the, the the bar, I think, a lot of times for production quality in games and just mm-hmm. like the quality of materials and everything, attention to detail. The double layer mat, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so that that's amazing as well. And you have all your mech minis and you have your character mini, which is a person and then some huge animal, like a massive tiger or, you know, bison, whatever. So Or a small monkey. <laughs> or a very sm- small <laughs> monkey. Yes. Um, so that, that's, a, that's also pretty amazing. Do you want to, do you want to say more about the looks or should we dive into more of the kind of the meat and what we like? Ah, a- aesthetics are beautiful. Uh, you just have to go look up some pictures of it yourself, but yeah, let's go on to the rest. Okay. Um, I think most of what I want to mention, and we can try and do it fairly briefly, but most of what I want to mention, you kind of also went over in your, in your overview. But hmm. one thing I like is the, the simple upgradable actions i love that you have you have four kind of straightforward actions um but even those actions are dual later dual layered and you can do these upgrades where you can you can make something on the top cost less or i'm sorry you can make something on the top worth more and something on the bottom cost less and it's such a cool thing to play around with in the game especially because all of the mats are different so every time you get a mat like if you're playing with a different mat there's different possibilities that are available to you. And then you pair that up with who your character is and what your board position is and what's available to you there. And you just have, I mean, the variety, the different variety that you can get this game in this game is also just amazing. But mm-hmm. those, those actions, I think, are ingenious where it's just so satisfying. It's not like you're just paying something and getting something. You're paying something and then you're making something better and making something else better. It's like a two for one, you know? It's just awesome. It's just so satisfying to do those. Sorry, I missed that. What? It's pick up and drop off. (laughs) You know what? Maybe I didn't miss it. Maybe it was just you doing your your accent and I thought you were cutting out. (laughs) Uh, Nope. Um, But also, the like I mentioned, the variety I think is amazing because of the asymmetry in the player mats and in the player boards is just incredible. And there's, there's different types of variety. So, like I already mentioned the game Last Will earlier. That game has variety in the sense that there are four different decks of cards and you're drawing cards from those four different decks and you kind of get, like, depending on what you draw, you there's variety, there's randomness, there's, you know, replayability in that. But mm-hmm. there's less replayability in that than there is in the variety being in the setup. When the variety is in the setup where you have asymmetrical factions and you have asymmetrical player boards and you have... So from the very beginning of the game, you have a different vision than you would if you were playing as a different character. And so that's what that's what gives a game really good re- replayability, I think. And, and one of the ways that a game can be given really good replayability, because you want to play this faction a few times, but you also want to play the other factions a few times. And then on top of that, yeah. the, there's you have the player boards that are also thrown into the mix. And so it's like every time you sit down to play the game, your your strategy has to be kind of different, you know? as opposed to kind of doing the same strategy every time, but the cards you get will affect the, the, you know, the, the way that the game goes. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's asymmetry, but it's very well-balanced asymmetry. 
for sure. I'm sure yeah. people, I mean, everyone probably develops kind of their favorite factions to play, but you, you can play any faction well, if you learn how. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, with enough, with enough practice and almost studying in a way, you know, and yeah. watching how other people play and what other people do and how they use their board position and the resources and what order they do things, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's amazing. Um, but I'll, what I'll, another thing I really like about this is that there's both positive and negative player interaction. So obviously area control is a big part of this game. That's how you can get a lot of points is controlling big, large sections of the board. And so you're vying for control in a lot of different areas. You also have the occasional battle. So there's definitely negative player interaction, but there's also positive interaction with these recruits. And so and essentially you have a, one of your actions is you can um, hire or whatever uh, recruits enlist recruits that's what it's man so much terminology in this game you can enlist recruits and when you do that there's a little bonus that unlocks on one of the actions and then whenever the people seated to the left or right of you take that action you get that little bonus and so do you whenever you take it and so Mm -hmm. you have four of those for one for each action that you can potentially unlock and i love that kind of that positive player interaction with your neighbors where it almost might even affect what they choose to do you can look at your Part or but the people sitting on your left and right and say, okay, I see they're collecting these resources. It'd be smart for me to unlock this recruit first because they're probably going to do this action a few times over the next ten turns, you know, and and so it's just yeah, I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like you said, both both positive and negative because then you can there's combat in the game, but the combat is unique because even though this this looks like a war game, it's really not a war game. You can play the game and you can win without having a single combat. I would even because... say that I would even say that like some factions benefit from just being given their own space and not going into battle. Sure. Yeah, well and there I mean it's such a mind game too. It's not just like, "Oh, here's my troops. Stay away. Fight, fight, fight." It, it you're really thinking about what the other players' goals are. Cuz how how are you I mean, not necessarily how you win the game. It's definitely a component, but how you end the game is you're trying to get all these stars out by completing general objectives that are open to everybody. And one of those ways is to max out your power level. And so maybe you're at a power level of 15 and you're almost a 16 to get to, to earn that star. Well, maybe you don't actually want to be in a fight because even though you have a bunch of power and you're going to do fine, maybe you don't want to have to spend power and go all the way down when you're so close to winning a star. So someone right next to you might see that and try to mess with you for it. It's, it's, you just don't know what people are going to throw with their, the, the combat cards they may have. They may be bluffing. They may only have a bunch of twos or they may have some fives. They're ready to play, or maybe you're, you're going to fight. You don't even care. Like you're, you're just going to lose the battle on purpose. You're just trying to get someone to spend their power. So they can't get that star. There's so many different combinations of strategies you can play with within it. And I like that. I, I like the star system too, where there's like, I don't know how many there are. What, are there eight goals at the top or 10 goals? Do you know how many? Yeah, it's confusing potential? because you can get two military victories. Yeah. Or like two two combat stars, but they're two different spots. So yeah, I don't know. There's like Anyways, it, you, have, you have six stars and there's at least eight, maybe more potential play, ways to get a star. Uh, and... And so, the, but the game's not a race to six stars. The game just ends after six stars. And then you calculate points uh, in a very mm-hmm. interesting way, actually. Yeah. But I like that the game kind of feels like a race, even though it's not. Because <laughs> sometimes I really like the race aspect in games. And this game's kind of like, you feel like you're racing to six stars, but you, you can very, it's very feasible to win if you don't, if you're not the person who gets to six. 
if you get to six, you have a head start on the other people, but it's it's not a guaranteed victory by any means. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it can depend on your play style too. You you may want to try to to rush the game and try to play it within a certain number of rounds so you can end it and get just enough points out of that sixth star. Or you might just be an engine builder within the game and you you have a, a nice little system that you build that lets you continually churn out points every round. You know, that those coins that are just gonna be permanent points. And you're, you're totally fine to sit back and let other people fight around and you can play 18, 19, 20 plus rounds and then win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's phenomenal. Uh, is there more good you want to say? Is there any bad that you want to say? There, There is another good thing I want to talk about. It's the, the, the intersectionality of all the oh, different dear. attributes of the game. Uh, one primary example is the popularity track. So there's the power track. We already talked about a little bit. The popularity track. You, you can kind of just improve throughout various mechanisms in the game. If you have a, a certain building put out that lets you get popularity every time you take an action or you flip over an encounter that gives you popularity or you literally just pay money to get popularity, which I guess is bribing at that point. <laughs> I never thought about it that way before. Yeah. yeah. Purchased love. Exactly. But popularity is what determines what bracket you'll be in for scoring points at the end of the game. So what you get points from well, for one is, I guess, money that you already have. That's that's just a flat one-to-one, how many points you have at the end of the game. But then according to how many territories you control, how many stars you've acquired, how many resources you have, those all fit within a multiplier on this little bracket that will give you points. So the more popularity you have, you can be in the first, second, or third bracket. What's complicated about this is most combats, if, if you're the initiator and you make someone have to retreat, specifically if you make someone's workers retreat, then you're going to start losing popularity. So if you play the really aggressive game to try to mess with people, you're actually hurting yourself a little bit in the long run if you're not prepared to have um, you know, a large economy to be able to score a lot of points off of. So again, it's just a, an, another example of how intricate the game is and how many things there are to think about for basically everything you do. Yeah, I love I love that too, that your, your workers that generally are just used to generate resources for you can also be used as a defensive strategy to <laughs> deter people from attacking you and because there's a price to pay because those workers are there. It's, it's, exactly. it's genius. You move my people, they become unhappy and then you lose. <laughs> exactly. Which I don't know why somebody would care if other people were unhappy. Yeah. But wait, I guess if you're trying to become a beloved leader of all but of But you're Europa, kicking them right? out. You know, it's not like it's not like they're your subjects. You're just removing enemy subjects, you know? So I, I don't know. That, that's true. That's true. Um, is there any bad? I've, I have a couple things I could mention. Uh, I, um, I, I would probably have to sit down and think hard about something I specifically dislike about the game because there, there really isn't much. I, I'm sure I could come up with some minor frustrations, but there, there's nothing for me that's like, I dislike this about side. So... I'll say a couple things, and they're pretty minor things, to be fair, because this, this game is, is pretty amazing. But one is that if you're playing in a higher player count, let's say, I don't know, even five, because the base game plays up to five. Let's say you're playing a five-player game. Generally, maybe halfway through the game or, or, or even a bit later, maybe, you, you may not know who's going to be the winner. Sometimes you do. Sometimes there's a runaway person who's just playing a much better game. But that's not mm -hmm. as common. What I find more common is that there's at least one, maybe even two people where who it's pretty obvious they're going to lose. You get about halfway through the yeah. game and you're like, yeah, that that person, whatever they were trying, it did not work. 
and there's no way they're going to win. You know, that's that's a bit unfortunate. And I don't even know if that could be rectified really in any way. I think that's just how it is, and it's too bad. Uh, and so that's why it's such a minor thing, because I don't even know if the game's really to blame for that. But I feel like occasionally it's just like you try something or whatever, and it's just not working. And about halfway through the game, it's like, yeah, I don't stand a chance anymore. No way. So, but mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if that's really a negative. Cause like I said, I don't even know if you could necessarily blame the game for that, but, um, and then another thing is that, and I feel like this almost kind of in a way goes against what I was saying earlier, but <laughs> I feel like strategies in this game can start to feel repetitive. Now, there is nuance depending on the combination of the, the character and the player board that you get. There is some variation there for sure. But I feel like at the core, if you play this game a lot, you start to feel the repetition of, in the strategies. of just Especially the first half of the game kind of feels, feels very similar, I think, a lot of times. And I don't know, you've played a lot more than I have, so maybe you can speak to that. And that can easily be remedied by buying expansions also, because if you get the oh, Invaders sure. from Afar expansion, you get two new, two new factions with two new player mats. And if you get the Rise of Fenris expansion, you get a whole ton of stuff. So it, it can be remedied, but I, I, I'm kind of wondering what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of noticed that. But that being said, it's because I've played 100 or 200 games of this, and yet I'm still perfectly fine with sitting down to the game. I, for me, I feel like maybe you, you start to hit a certain point where you kind of just need to start studying. Like you, you hit a certain skill level, and then on your own, you can maybe still learn some stuff. But if you, if you actually start looking at more strategies or like really advanced tactics, it opens up a lot more interesting worlds for you. Hmm. And then it really just comes down to to this science of how can I solve this unique puzzle every game? Because you always are kind of presented with something of a different puzzle every game. Even after you've played dozens upon dozens upon dozens of games, it's still still a, an interesting challenge every time, which I, I think is just an ode to the complexity of the game and the, the choices that it offers without being... I guess just like blindsiding you with difficulty. I, I, if that makes sense. No, I yeah. I mean, you could you could definitely be right. You're the, you are the the senior player here between the two of us, um, and so it could be that I've kind of hit that wall, whereas you have already surmounted and are sprinting, frolicking. Dare I say, on the other side of the wall, <laughs> on, so. or on top of the wall, perhaps. on top of the wall. Careful up now, there, Dumpty. Yeah. Now, now, all this being said. In the digital version, the only expansion you can play with right now is the the Invaders from Afar, so letting you play with the two additional factions, which adds plenty of game opportunity in and of itself. But if you're getting the physical expansions, you can get the alternate end conditions. Uh, you get the airships that add different factors to the game. Uh, so I, I guess all that to say is just another ode to the game that I almost all, probably 90% of the games of Scythe I played maybe 95% of the games I've played have been digital absent of one of the main expansions for the game. Mm -hmm. So if they can get that up there, that's even more opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I feel like we've, we've talked pretty well about side. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in summation, 
it's amazing. <laughs> like if you if I mean just seek it out honestly. Just find somebody who has it. Just buy it. Just whatever. I mean it's it's a very rewarding experience and there's a lot of gameplay in the box. A lot of game for what it's worth too. I mean the What's from the box mean? it looks well it looks like it should be like a a 90 plus dollar game with everything that comes inside it. It's a large and heavy and very full box. Well, uh, but these days you can probably find it online for like 60. Yeah, I was going to say it oscillates. I feel like it's been up to up in the 80s and maybe even higher. But generally it stays in the 50 to 60 range, I think. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty a pretty sweet price for the game. Yeah. Okay, well, we have another. Our, our, our board banter this week is yet another list. Um, but this might be a list that gets some games talked about that really haven't been, I wonder. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do. So. We're gonna do a short one. We're gonna do a top three. This is our top three relaxing games, uh, and I, yeah, I, I think, I think, like I said, I, I, I don't think there will be any crossover whatsoever, and I think that we're gonna get some games mentioned that maybe we haven't had a chance to talk, to uh, talk about too much. Yeah, I'm curious about your criteria. What What were you thinking of when you're trying to trying to decide what would be your top relaxing well, games? I, I wanted games that didn't require a lot of like, like a lot of brain work, a lot of effort necessarily. Um, essentially, I want games that are easy to get out, easy to put away, are uh, still fun, obviously. Like I, I still want it to be a very enjoyable experience that I want to come back to, but I don't want there to be any brain burning. I don't want there to be any strenuous decision making. I love that in games. I really do. But if we're talking about relaxing games, I want games that I can basically switch my brain off and just have fun with and sure. I don't want to say not play competitively, but it's kind of like you're still playing competitively, but you don't care too much, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, I that, get you. Th- that's kind of where I came from with that. Yeah, for me, it was a measure of, for one, how does the game look overall? I mean, it's not a huge factor, but th- does it look nice? Does it look relaxing? Is the theme generally pretty relaxing? I, I guess the theme was a, a bit stronger component for me. But then, yeah, overall, is it is it moderately easy to get out? And then is your overall experience not particularly stressful? That's kind of more what I really focused on for, for my top three. I like that your definition of relaxing is not particularly stressful. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I here's the thing. I would I would describe playing board games in general as relaxing. Would you? Or, I, I would. It's it's a it's it's a downtime, but sometimes there are games you play that are uh, a little bit nail biting, a little bit frustrating, okay, yeah, even, yeah. and they can they, and they can become not relaxing. And so what I focused on was games that when I play, I I am just happy, I am content. Okay, I'm in a place of peace. But that's a lot of games for you, isn't it? Um, you said happy. You said I I play the game and I'm happy. I mean that. To be fair, it's probably a lot of games. Well, with with, with the stipulation of of it being a peaceful experience, there it that definitely narrowed down Ser- my search. Serendipitous, serendipitous. I, I don't know, man. That's kind of a big word you're throwing out there. <laughs> well, my my number three is definitely not serendipitous. Should we dive okay. in? But yeah, go for it. What's your three? My number three actually has already been mentioned on the podcast. Believe it or not, <gasps> can you guess? Like like this episode? This this episode, not just the podcast, this episode. 
Um, Which is funny because hmm. I was just saying I feel like this is a list where we'll mention games that you know haven't been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna guess cartographers. No man, cartographers can make you pull your hair out sometimes. Really? Uh, oh, okay. yeah. It shows what I know. It does. Oh, uh, nothing. My number three, you mentioned, and that is Lord of the Rings deck builder. Really? Yeah. That is not okay, a relaxing so, game for me, homie, but go go ahead. Okay, well, that's it. And we've had this discussion before, I think. That's because you approach the game incorrectly. I don't, want to, I don't even want to say differently. I want to say incorrectly. Because, to be fair, this is not a very well-made game. I mean, it's like... <laughs> It's like a lazy deck builder. It feels like it's it, there's nothing unique or interesting about it, and it feels like there's there's more luck in it than there is in like Dominion, for example. It's it feels like way more is out of your control, but therein lies the key to relaxing while playing this game, Cody. Because first of all, it's Lord of the Rings themed, which I love, and so that already puts me in my happy place. But then also it's something that you really just switch your brain off and you're like, I genuinely don't care who wins this game. Let's just see what wacky things happen, basically. Almost because the game is so ludicrously lazily designed that it's like, let's just see what, what happens, you know? Like, it's just, it's just, I feel like multiple times when playing this game, you just laugh out loud that something that's just like... <laughs> In a serious game would make you pull your hair out because it'd be awful and terribly poorly designed. But in this uh, game, you're just like, that's just funny, you know? And so I feel like it's just a it's just a fun game to get out and just like not care at all about the strategy to luck ratio or about winning or anything and just have fun with the theme and just seeing what happens, you know. Nate, for for me, the caption, the, the subtitle for this game would just be the the Serenity Prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> oh, that's this game in a nutshell, dude. That should that should be the quoted <laughs> review on the back of this game. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, are are you done with that garbage game? I could talk all day if you wanted me to. Do Do you want me to? I I prefer not. I I actually have some things I need to do today. Okay. So yeah. Well, if there's ever uh, a digital, I, if there's ever a digital version of this, Cody, you're, I'm making you buy it, and we're playing it. So. Okay, I'll I'll make sure to get 79 plays in before I before we talk again next. Yeah, over your own dead body. Probably, honestly, I would just die of pain, internal pain. Mine. Okay, my number three night is Azul. Wow. Azul. I don't know if this made your list or not, but by your exclamation, I'm guessing not. I think I'm so I'm think I'm I'm too bad at this game (laughs) that it is just a headache when I play it. Uh, it, It's it's a bit of a puzzle, but it's an enjoyable and I might say relaxing puzzle for me. The aesthetics does contribute. There's there's not many components going on in the game. You've got some circles, you got a board, and then you got some squares, some little starburst candy in the form of plastic that you're putting on your board and you're just making pretty patterns, pretty colors. And sure there's, there's strategy and planning, but uh, it's, it's fine. (laughs) Some strategy, (laughs) but yeah, whatever. It's fine. Cody's number three, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah. that's. I mean, that's what I got. Yeah. Number three, Azul. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, I just, I just don't like that game very much. I don't know. I played it twice. Maybe I should play it more, but I, I don't really want to. Uh, my number two is how I'm trying to figure out how exactly to 
how exactly to introduce this game. Hmm. It's it's basically fake Seven Wonders. It basically took Seven Wonders and said, what if we slap a totally different theme on this and make pretty much the exact same game? Uh, Hadara? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, functionally, they are almost exactly the same. This is Sushi Go. Have you ever played Sushi Go? Uh, I've I played it only once. I don't remember it super well. It's pretty much the same thing, where everyone gets, like, whatever, seven cards or eight cards or something at the beginning. You take one, pass the rest, and you do that for three rounds. Like, at the end of the round, there's different ways you tally points, and then you get a new head of it, hand, jeez, English, a new <laughs> hand of eight cards, and you do the same thing, drafting, like, just Seven Wonders style for three rounds, and then you see who won. Okay. And the points are simpler, like, the scoring is simpler than it is in Seven Wonders. It's kind of like Seven Wonders Light with a different theme. Uh, but that's, that, it's, it's because it's easier than Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders could almost make this list, but there is some strategic depth to it that you can't just turn your brain off. Sushi Go, you really can. Uh, and mm. the, the cards are so delightful. They're so cute. It's all these little sushis with little faces, which is a little bit weird because you're eating <laughs> yeah. them in theory. Yeah, but, but it, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's a cute little game. And I mean, I, there, there's, there is like a, I think Sushi Go Party is like the more, it's like the version of Sushi Go that adds in a lot more variety or whatever. But just the base game is, I mean, it's just a deck of cards and it's just the same as Seven Wonders, but it's simpler, it's cuter. And yeah, yeah you know, if you just get a group, it's a, it's a great game where you can just kind of chat with people. Like you can just have a conversation about other stuff while you're playing the game easily okay. because it's just so, you know, simple and straightforward and delightful. Yeah. So I guess you kind of like set collection games like that, would you say, where there's like, almost different classes or groups of cards that kind of score based off of each other? Well, it depends. Like, what, what I like about Sushi Go is that it is so relaxing and just straightforward and simple. In general, I would say only I only like games like that if the scoring is interesting and unique. Hmm. Because I feel like a lot of games like that can slip into the same rut where you just, like, you have, like, these three or four different, like, ways of scoring cards based on, like, how many you have of one or sets of another or uh, whatever, you know, just, it's, it just seems like all these games that do this get stuck in the same rut. And so it's only, only if the scoring is unique and interesting, would I really say that I am really excited about games like this. Cause I'm not excited about a game like Sushi Go. It just fits perfectly hmm. into this list and I enjoy it. I see. So, okay. <sighs> well, dang it. I, I, I thought you were implying that you did like that. So I was going to set you up to then, to then challenge you about Nidavellir because it's such an incredible game that does <laughs> with, with boring scoring, dude. That game has the most boring scoring of any game like that. I'm not even kidding. I would take. I think Sushi Go has better scoring than Nidavellir. I said it. Wow. Let, let's just end the podcast here because I need to. I need to go. <laughs> you need sit to go in the corner. No, and you need to now. go buy a copy of Sushi Go and and put my statement to the test. Is what you need. To no, I tell you what I did like. Six days ago, as I bought both expansions for Nidavellir. Oh yes, dude. Okay, that you know what I will play. And now that you're game. excited. What we'll play it again because maybe, maybe actually, I want to know what's in the expansions, and then I'll decide if I want to play them or not. I I, I would tell you, but this podcast is going on too long. Okay. I'll tell you later. My number two is also a essentially Japanese themed game because sushi is Japanese. My number two is Takedo. Mm, okay. You know, I think you can even eat sushi in Takedo, if I remember correctly. 
Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. Probably. I, I think. Well, I think it's one of the meals that you can. I'll have to go check it out. But Takedo. I mean, how can this not be a relaxing game? The the theme, the core concept of the game is that you're trying to have a peaceful journey, the most enjoyable journey from one city to another in like feudal era Japan. And it's granted the the, the game's a little samey. It, it's a little bit samey. And and there's not necessarily much to the game, I would say. You you kind of just do the same things and you walk along and then at the at the total end of the game you don't necessarily feel like you've accomplished something incredible, but <laughs> or even moderately incredible. <laughs> but that's the thing; it's a relaxing experience. You come to the end of the game; it's not high stakes. Uh, there's some thinking, some some good plans. Maybe you should try to make or ways to adjust your strategy as you progress along, which I guess would just be tactics at that point. But it's a it's it's a beautiful game. It's it's meant to be a calming experience. You you can literally collect panoramas of landscapes and then put them together, and it looks nice. And I think Kaido. the game is beautiful. It was a little too thinky for me to qualify it for this list. And on top really? of that, I I actually didn't really enjoy it that much either. So hmm. I kind of yeah yeah brushed over it. Oh, are you are you interested at all in Tokaido Duo? That just came out last year. I saw that. I didn't see that it was ranked very high on the BGG. So I don't know if it's incredible or not, but I, I have a mild interest well, in it. But it's also early in its life. So yeah. I, I would I would look into it more and just see. Because if you like playing Tokaido with Kirsten, I think Tokaido Duo is probably the better bet yeah. for consistently playing two players. And there's been quite a rise of two-player variants of games yeah. that get released and then do pretty well. Splendor Duel. Um, has been pretty good. Seven Wonders Duel obviously is still kind of the the, the king of it, but the, those games have actually inspired me to, to find more specifically two player games. That's how I found uh, Glasgow because that you can only play that with two players, yeah. and that, that that was pretty good. But yeah, I think for for couples that game, I think it's good to have at least a significant portion of your. Like, because we like to search out games and find games that look amazing and acquire those, but a lot of times you end up finding out that those games are not very good at two players. And both of us play the majority of our games at two players. So I think it's mm. pretty important to actually maybe focus in on that a little bit more when I look into yeah. games. Okay. My number one was the shoe-in. It was instantly, no question in my mind, my number one for this list. <laughs> this better impress me. Well, I don't think you've played this game. Um, no. And I, I don't know how much you would necessarily like it. Uh, have you ever played Dixit? Yes. You you brought it over one time when we did that group party, and that's when I played it. Oh, okay. I have no memory of that. I don't know oh, why I said, right. oh, okay, in a, in a recollective <laughs> way, because I, I have no memory of that. Oh, yeah, that thing I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so my number one is Dixit. Uh, that's D-I-X-I-T for those of you interested. This is a very cute little game where it's 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 almost like apples to apples. And don't don't walk away from the computer yet. Don't take your <laughs> earphones out just yet because yes, apples to apples is is kind of the scum of the earth. But this is a much more delightful game. So essentially, you have the, the game is mostly comprised of this big deck of cards that all have these pieces of art on them, and the art is almost psychedelic in a way um it's a lot of it is anyways to where 
the art can be interpreted in many, many different ways. And that's intentional because the point of this game is somebody will take one of the, the cards from their hand, they'll play it face down, and they'll assign some kind of phrase to that card or a song or a noise or a quote or whatever you want that loosely, vaguely describes the card you just put face down. Then everybody picks a card from their hand also face down. They all get put in, shuffled, and then randomly placed out. And then everybody bets on which one they think was the, the original card. But the goal of the person who started the round was to have at least one, but not all people vote on your card, which is why you have to have kind of a vague description. And so you want to give a description that at least some people will be convinced, but not everybody. Because if no one votes or if everyone votes for your card as the main player, then you get negative points or you lose points or whatever. Yeah. And then for everyone else playing the game, you get points if people vote on your card when it's not your turn. And so it's this, everyone else is trying to play the card that also fits that quote or whatever, that description as well as, uh, you know, as, as convincingly as possible. And then everyone votes and you play to a certain amount of points. Essentially, there's some, you know, interesting way of not interesting, but some, yeah, kind of interesting way of scoring, but, Mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the game. And I, I think it's definitely relaxing because the art is just also cool. You could just sit there and just stare at your hand for forever because the, the art is just so, so interesting. And there's so many different kind of meanings that you could, uh, that you could infer or in- figure out or come up with for all of the, the, the different cards that you get. Yeah. But it also, it also creates interesting conversations a lot of times where people, everyone will flip the cards over and you'll, everyone will, you know, vote and then score or whatever. And then you can say, oh, you played that card. Okay. So why, like, you know what, based on what he said, why on earth did you play that card? Like what made you made the, make the connection there? And, you know, it's just, yeah, it can, it can bring up interesting conversations as well. I found. Yeah. For those who played Mysterium, it's produced by the same company and they, it's the same acid trip adventure, weird mystery cards. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of stuff in them. I think the cards are even kind of meant to almost be, at least the Mysterium ones can kind of be used in, in Dixit pretty easily because they're, mm-hmm. they're also like, it's hard to go the other way because you need the the cards in Mysterium are kind of geared towards the clues that towards you can a give. Mystery, yeah. Yeah, um, but putting Mysterium cards in Dixit, I think, works works really well. Yeah. So that's my number one. I I was not expecting that, so I I'll allow it. That's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> if you were expecting it, you would not have allowed it. <laughs> uh, I why guess you, not. Why don't you Why don't you get back to me on that one, Cody? Just sure, Leah, let me think about that. Yeah. All right. Three to five business days, okay? All right. All right. My number one, I I feel like I'm probably gonna get some pushback from you. Ooh, but here's yeah. the thing. I don't care. You better not be it's my number one. It is not Nidavalier. Nidavalier was in the running oh, for this yeah. list. <sighs> it it didn't make it. Yeah, I'm I ain't joking, son. Yeah. If I feel you like can if, put Sushi like, Go up in there, I'm gonna put Nidavalier on there. I feel like if an experience is painful, it can't be relaxing at the same time, Cody. Like it just doesn't work. <laughs> Some of us understand pain, Nate. <laughs> I don't really know what I that means. I don't think you're defending your position cool. with that statement. <laughs> yeah. Okay, shut up. My number one is wingspan, homie. Okay, That's I know what my, you're going to say. Wingspan. I know what you're oh? going to say. Okay, what am I going to say? Tell me. You've played Come this on. game half a billion times, and so at this point, it's just like breathing. <laughs> and breathing is nice, relaxing, peaceful satisfying yes to live is to play wingspan to play wingspan (laughs) that's gonna be that is gonna be on your gravestone (laughs) i i swear if you die before me cody that is going to be on your gravestone 
it will actually it will have my wingspan listed on my gravestone. Your play count, your what your wins to plays. No, like like if I extend my arms out from each other, what, <laughs> what my wingspan is. Oh man! And then the closest equivalent bird. No, they will make a card that. in honor of you, Cody. I would love that, the Elizabeth Cody, Hargrave. Yes, the, the Cody Pennington promo. Yeah. Well, anyway, Wingspan. It, okay, admittedly, this comes with a little bit of a caveat. What really caveat. makes the experience for me is actually the, the digital edition, which I don't know if you've played. No. But Digital Wingspan comes with this wonderful soundtrack. I actually need to see if if the tracks are downloadable, like on Spotify or something, to add to a playlist. Uh, but it's it's very lovely. It's very nature oriented and calming. There's like some flute and and whatnot. Maybe even some harp. I, I, don't, I actually don't remember if wow. there's harp in it. How relaxing! I know. Yes, it's, it's 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 an audio experience because not only that, but as you as you play birds out into your your little habitat, the the game has like an actual recording of the bird's call for each bird. So every time That's like you cool. click on them, they, yeah, they kind of like make a little sound. But what I noticed after a few plays is when you first play and you have no birds in your habitat, you don't really hear anything in the background. But as you slowly add the birds, those birds that you have played, their calls start reflecting like in the background. It's pretty subtle because it takes you a little bit to notice. But overall, it's a very calming audio experience. Uh, I have a question. Did you have a runner up? Because if you had a runner up, I'd like to know what it was, because I feel like this almost has to be an honorable mention because what you're saying is that you like the you like the you're saying that the the atmosphere of the digital version is relaxing but not really the game no the the game the game totally still is like if 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 this was a stressful game but it had a relaxing atmosphere I, i wouldn't really have added it but yeah since i played it so much and since I enjoy it so much, the the art is nice. the The aesthetic overall is very calming, very peaceful. I I just think the the experience is made even more excellent. Well, in the app, Cody, I have very good news for you. Do you want? Do you what want is what that? Good news I have for you. Let me guess. There's an app version of Sushi no. Go. No, um, Wingspan, and it looks like all of its expansions are on Spotify. Really? Yes. But the the composer is something I'm going to slaughter. Uh, not him, but his name. Uh, Powell. No, oh, no, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> if he dies, like sometime in the next week, to a totally like like a skiing accident or something, I I am I am going to be not in me. jail. Um, Powell Gorniak. Gorniak. I I don't know. I don't know how to say his name, but that's oh. his name. Yeah. So, so why are you really traveling in Europe right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just searching for this guy. Uh, if this guy didn't exist, this game would not be on your list. That's all I know. And so that's enough for me to search him out. <laughs> Wait, you're going to kill him because of that? What? Yeah, it's your fault, Cody. This blood is on your hands. This is some, some weird juju we're getting down in, into here now. All right. I, I feel like I'm actually encroaching the point of actual culpability if this guy does die yeah, under probably. mysterious circumstances. So we better... <laughs> I, I'm getting some ideas here, not not really related to that, but it'd be interesting to do like a top three game apps at some point. Well, I I, I, w- I would agree, and I've thought about that, except neither of us has re- has really played that many. I've played like maybe I've played at least three, so <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> like I've played like maybe six or seven, but the thing is, they all cost like five or ten bucks, and I don't know. I just rather, in general, I'd mm. rather own physical games, and so I just don't really invest in them. 
So I, I wouldn't feel like I have enough experience to ever do that list. So you can do it by yourself. All right. Thanks, man. I'll do that. <laughs> it's just going to be Dominion, Wingspan, and Scythe. So. Listen for my solo episode coming out next month. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that seems like a, a good wrap up. And that was a that was a fun list, a fun discussion. Uh, so, if you're if you're still listening at this point to our podcast, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you haven't, please go back, listen to other episodes, and please, you know, you can you can rate the podcast on wherever you're listening to it, or if it's on YouTube, you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, we love any support. You can also email us at tabletopshop23 at gmail.com. Also, Instagram, Tabletop Shop 23, and Facebook, Tabletop Shop. What's up? Uh, I was just chiming in. I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) You broke my stream, Cody. I lost it. I lost it. Dang it. Ah, And and remember, Tom Basil is sick of trading in the Mediterranean games. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been the Tabletop Shop podcast featuring me and Nate. I'm being the birds from Wingspan. Oh, yeah, that's very good. In, enjoy this this calm thing as we say thanks. Y'all are cool. Uh, it's been fun. See you next time. Uh-huh.